it's unprecedented. You go through the neighborhoods, you see people out exercising, and, and you see people walking and jogging and running, and it's good. It's a benefit through this situation that people are, are doing these exercises like this, and walking is an excellent form of exercise. And I used to be able to run, but I can't really run anymore. Uh, and I've really chosen not to, mostly, because walking has become my favorite thing to do now. And it's amazing how on our smartphones and on our tablets and on our computers and, and on trackable devices, we can track how many steps we take every day. And a good goal for the number of steps to take is 10,000. And I have a, an app called Pacer, and right now they're having a Pacer challenge. And they're challenging everybody to walk 10,000 steps a day for the month of April. It sounds easy. Some people may think 10,000 is a lot. Some people may think 10,000 is not that much. But it is. It's quite a few steps you have to take. And if you're on this challenge, and I've decided to take up this challenge, you have to do it every day, and you have to track it, and you have to make sure you, you reach your 10,000 steps. And it's a good way to keep in shape, and it's a good way to track our physical progress. But even more important than that is to track our spiritual progress. That's even more essential. Now, we don't have smartphones to do that. We don't have trackable devices to track our spiritual progress. It's something between us and the Lord. One-on-one, -on -one, family with family. And one of the benefits of this whole thing where families are together is they can have devotions together. And I'm sure most of the families have been doing that even before this pandemic hit us. But it is a beautiful thing when families get together, husband, wife, and children, and spend time in the Word of God and praying. It's such a good example. And it's so needed. Because everybody in the government, whether it's our president, President Trump, or here in our state, Gavin Newsom, they're telling us what we should do as individuals and as families, shelter in place, go through the social distancing, make sure we do that, uh, wash our hands, take all these steps to sanitize everything. And these are all good things. But we need to remember our spiritual lives are what's really most important. And that's what God is concerned about. And his goal for you and I is that we become like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We grow to maturity. He wants us to be mature Christians. And just because we can't meet together physically at church, and as you know, I'm looking out in an empty, empty audience, but I know you're out there hearing from all over the different cities around us. But it's so important that we don't neglect our spiritual progress and our spiritual growth. We need it. We need it more now than maybe ever before. We need to stay motivated. We need to continue to read the Word of God. We need to continue to pray. We need to continue to share with each other through 
other means than physically. We can do it through text or email. We can do it through different methods like that. But may the Lord encourage us today to realize that our spiritual lives are so important. And the title of our message today is God Knows and Directs Our Steps. Because in the Christian life, in the scripture, walking is an analogy of our lives. And our steps that we take are very, very important. And there's a beautiful verse in Psalm 37 and verse 23 that says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Did you ever stop to think about it, that God knows our steps and he knows how many steps we've taken and how many steps we have left? We don't know how long we have to live. That's why we need to live for the Lord one day at a time and thank him for the steps that he has given us to take. Every step you take, every step I take every day is a gift from God. Every breath we take is a gift from God. Every heartbeat we have is a gift from God. He could take it away at any time. He could say, Dean, today your time is up. Come home to be with me. Or he may give us more time. He may give us more steps to walk. And we want to walk in his steps. Bill always says, when I ask him, how are you doing, brother? He says, I'm upright. And what he means by that is he's able to get out of bed in the morning, stand up on his two feet, and walk. And we should never, ever take that for granted. Some people can't walk. Some people are crippled, and they can't walk. But we're thankful that we can walk. We can get out of bed in the morning. We can open our eyes. We have new life every day. And God gives us another day to walk with him. That is the key. Roy Gustafson once said, Your birthdays tell, how, tell how long you've been on the road, but they don't tell how far you've traveled. The same is true of our spiritual birthdays. The Lord knows where we're at, and the growth and progress that we've made. You can take two people of the same age. Maybe you can even take two people that were saved at the same time. So they're both alive. They're same age, maybe saved at the same time, but they're at different stages of their Christian life. Some have progressed far. Others have not. Some are still baby Christians, carnal Christians. There are carnal Christians. Paul explained that in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where he talks about carnal Christians and how they should have made so much more progress than they were making. May God help us to progress, to grow to maturity, to be perfect and complete in our Christian faith. And the three things we're going to look at from the Word of God today is, number one, God knows and counts our steps. And He doesn't need a tracking device to do it. Number two, God directs our steps. 
he leads us, he orders us, he, he guides us every day. And number three, God wants us to walk in his steps. You know, there's a story told of Gehazi, who was the servant of Elisha, and he got into big trouble because Elisha had just healed Naaman, uh, the leper, and he told him to go wash in the, in the river Jordan and to dip himself in it seven times. And he didn't want to do it, and he was angry, but he finally did it, and he dipped himself seven times, and when he dipped himself the seventh time, he was healed of his leprosy, and he was so thankful to the prophet Elisha, and he came to him, and he wanted to offer him money and material things, and Elijah said, no, 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 because the gospel is offered free of charge. It's not given through money. And yet you wouldn't know it, some of these preachers, these televangelists that are always asking for money, but it's not where the gospel is at. It's a free gift to all people. And so then one day, Gehazi goes and he catches up with uh, Naaman, and he says, oh, by the way, some of the young men, uh, uh, I've come back to, they need a talent of silver and two changes of garments. Could you help with that? Oh, yes, gladly I'll do that. He was so thankful that he had been healed. And so he gave this to Gehazi, and Gehazi went and hid these things that he had gotten from Naaman. And then Elisha speaks to him, and he says to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? He answered, Your servant did not go anywhere. Elisha knew exactly where he went. He says, did not my eyes see you when you went back to Naaman and you asked for these things? And God struck Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, with leprosy. It was a sad thing. But he knew, the prophet knew where he was, but he asked him that question, where did you go? You were off on your own. You went on your, by your own steps, by your own way. You went and did something wrong. And God sees and knows our steps. Well, let's look, first of all, God knows and counts our steps. In Job chapter 31 and verse 4, Job says, Does, not, does he not see my ways and count all my steps? Did you ever stop to think how many steps you've walked in your life and every step the Lord is with you and every step he sees it and every step he counts it and we are precious in his sight and the Lord cares for us. Nothing is hidden from the Lord. He sees it all, he hears it all, and he knows it all. In Psalm 34, uh, excuse me, Job 34, 21, it says, For his eyes are on the ways of man, and he sees all his steps. You see, God's eyes are on his children. He's, his eyes are upon us. He watches over us, and he cares for us, and he counts the number of steps that we take. It even says in the Bible that he counts the number of hairs on our head. He knows us that well. He knows our thoughts. He knows our motives. He knows what we're going through. And he loves us so much. 
as I mentioned, walking pictures the Christian life, and it's a really good picture of the Christian life or an analogy. Martin Luther King once said, faith is the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Sometimes you come up to the staircase and you see it and it goes up steeply up, up the stairway there. And when we go by faith, we have to say, Lord, I know that you're going to help me to walk up those stairs and get to the top. And that's what God does. Vance Hafner, the great man of God, said a similar thing when he said, the vision must be followed by the venture. In other words, you have the faith and you've got to, to show it. Because faith without works is dead. It's not enough to stare up the stairs. We must step up the stairs. It's always easier for us to take an elevator. It's always easier for us to take an escalator where you just stand there and ride up or you get in the elevator and you push the button and you go up. We even have an elevator here at the church, which is great and very convenient. It's only one floor up, but it sure helps when you have mobility issues. I remember when I was taking BART, especially toward the end when I was working in San Francisco and I was riding it in from West Dublin Station into Montgomery. And every morning, we'd get off at the bottom there. You were down at the platform level, which was quite far down there. And there was this big, long escalator that would go up. And a lot of people would stand there and ride it up. But I always like to walk it, because I like to challenge myself. I like to, to, uh, to do that. So I would walk up the, the escalator. Now, it's not as hard as walking upstairs, but, but you're, you're walking up it, which is harder than it would be just riding up. And then as I got to the top of the step, stairs of the escalator, then you'd go through, you'd put your ticket in, and then you'd go through the turnstile. And then there was another set of stairs that led up to the top, and then our building that we worked in was right at the top of that stairs. And it was pretty tough after you walked up the escalator and then you walked up the stairs. And buildings always have stairs, but they don't usually use them in the, in the buildings over in San Francisco too often, unless you're doing a fire drill or people are getting out in a real emergency, then you use the stairs. And when you walk down the stairs, you've got to walk back up the stairs, and it's kind of challenging. It really is, especially if you're not used to it. But in life, there's always an easy way, and there's always a hard way, but there's, most importantly, God's way. Sometimes God's way is an easy way, but more often than not, God's way is a harder way. But God's way is always the perfect way. And when we walk the steps that he wants us to take, we'll never be disappointed in our lives. There are times, though, when, as Christians, we can make missteps. And a misstep means that you've taken a wrong step. You shouldn't have gone that way. You shouldn't have done that thing. It's a misstep. We can also take not only missteps but we can take wasted steps. And any time we go outside God's will and do things on our own, it's a misstep and it's a wasted step. And God has to take us back to where we left off 
where we were walking with him, and he has to direct us back to the right way again. Missteps, wasted steps, taking wrong turns, taking exits that we shouldn't take. The devil wants to trip us up. He puts obstacles in front of our steps, in front of our path, because he wants us to fall. The devil wants to make you fall. He wants to make me fall. But the Lord wants to raise us up and strengthen us and keep us from falling. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. You know, we've had some, some of our folks over the last few years that have had falls. My mom has had several falls, broke some bones and things like that. Older people that fall, it's very bad. And it's never pleasant when you fall. But in the Christian life, when we do fall, and there will be times, it says that a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. We fall, but we get up. We keep going. It's not easy. It's not easy in these days in which we're living. We're walking with the Lord. We're walking in his steps. We're, we're walking according to his will. And we can fall. May the Lord help us not to fall. But when we do fall, to rise up, to get off the floor, to get up and trust the Lord. So that's our first point this morning, is God knows and counts our steps. Whether we have a tracking device to track our physical steps or not, God knows and tracks our spiritual steps. He knows where we're at spiritually. He knows how much progress we've made, how mature we are in Christ. And oftentimes, God tests our progress, and he tests our maturity through difficult circumstances. And what we're going through right now is a very difficult circumstances, and it tests our faith, and it tests our maturity. Secondly, God directs our steps. And I'm thankful for that. Over the years, God has directed my steps from job to job to changes in health and changes in circumstances. He's always directed my steps. And one of my favorite verses from Proverbs is Proverbs 16 and verse 9 where it says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, you have to make plans in life. You can't just sit there and let things happen. You have to make plans. You make plans for your work. You make plans for your school. You make plans for vacation. You make plans for different outings and special occasions and birthdays and anniversaries and all kinds of things, graduations. Life goes on, we, we make our plans, but the Lord is the one who directs our steps. That's why we should always say, if the Lord wills, or Lord willing, because he oftentimes changes our plans. God's timing and what lies ahead is always in his hands, and it's always perfect. I'm just so thankful that I retired when I did in the month of January. 
because it's like perfect timing. I got used to being home. I'm able to do more for the Lord. And it's just such a blessing. And God did it for me. And it was his timing, perfect timing. And I'm so thankful. And many times in life, he uses circumstances to direct our steps. He uses his word to direct our steps. He uses godly counsel to direct our steps. And he directs us in his ways. I would say one of the most popular passages of Scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I would venture to say that most Christians, if they're going to memorize some Scripture, have memorized this one. This one is precious. It's beautiful. It's perfect. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And this is what the Lord does. And he shall direct your paths. This is a beautiful verse for a college student starting off his life and his career in the business world. It's a perfect verse for that. It's a perfect verse for people who are home with their kids, homeschooling them, homeschool parents, homeschool mothers with their kids. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. It's perfect for every Christian. It's perfect for our lives because he directs our path. Or as it can be rendered in the scriptures, in the original Hebrew, he shall make your paths straight. The world, their path is crooked, always crooked. But God's paths are always straight. They're always right. Psalm 17 and verse 5 says, Uphold my steps in your paths that my footsteps may not slip. You know, there's a lot of slippery surfaces out there, not just physically, but spiritually. And God needs to uphold our steps in his, in his path. Very, very important thing to do. And the word of God should be the central point of our reference every day. As it says in Psalm 119 and verse 133, direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. God will direct your steps. And when we pray every day, we should pray, Lord, direct my steps. Order my steps. Give me guidance today so that I'll do the right thing, go to the right places, talk to the right people. We need the guidance of the Lord. And we can't go by our feelings. One day we may feel good. Another day we may feel bad. We may be like a roller coaster in that sense. Some days things go well and everything is successful and prosperous. And on other days, everything seems to go wrong. Every possible thing that could go wrong seems to go wrong. We say, why did I even get out of bed this morning? But the Lord directs our steps, and we should never be afraid to step out in faith and trust in Him. The Word of God is so important with regard to that. It says in Psalm 119 and 105, 
Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And for us to know the right way to go, we need his word to shine down on our path and give us guidance, give us illumination, give us the truth so that we can walk in it. And we need to go by the word of God. Jeremiah concluded in Jeremiah 20, 10 and verse 23, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man to direct his own steps. From the time that God created Adam, it was never his intention or his will whatsoever for man to call the shots, to man to walk in his own steps and direct his own steps. It was never God's will for that. It was God's will for Adam. And it was God's will for Eve to walk with him in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. And later on, Cain and Abel came along. And Cain killed his brother, Abel, because he walked in his own steps. He went by his own emotions, his own anger, and he killed his brother. The Lord wants to direct our steps. He doesn't want us to be those who are in control. He wants us to give the controls of our lives to him. Someone once said, I'm the captain of my own destiny. No, you're not. Jesus Christ is the captain of your destiny. Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is Lord. We want him to direct our path, to him to direct our steps every day of our lives. We need to be sincere in that. We need to ask him to guide us, ask him to direct us. Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. God doesn't want us to be gullible. He doesn't want us to be vulnerable. He wants us to be wise, and he wants us to consider well our steps. What that means is, before we do anything, we need to pray about it. And before we do anything, we need to make sure that the course of action we're taking is God's will, and that's what he wants us to do. We need to consider well our steps every day of our lives. Someone summarized it like this. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord who takes delight in his journey. We're on a journey in life. And really, it starts when we're born physically. We start the journey of life. But it really starts for us as Christians the moment we get saved. That's when we make our spiritual steps. Before that, all these steps were just man's steps. We were going by our own ways, our own thoughts, our own plans, our own desires, making a mess of everything until we got saved and accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and gave him the control of our lives to direct our steps. The great man of God, George Mueller, once said, God not only orders our steps, but he also orders our stops. Isn't that so true? God not only orders our steps, but
but he also orders our stops. Sometimes we get so busy in life and God has to stop us to get our attention. Right now, our country has been stopped. Our, our church has been stopped in many ways. And so many things have been stopped and God has a purpose in it and we shouldn't waste the occasion of what God wants to teach us through this. Sometimes he stops us. Sometimes he closes a door and opens another one instead. And we need to be sensitive to that. Numbers 9.23, speaking of Israel and the steps that they used to take when they were on their way to the promised land. It says, at the command of the Lord, they remained encamped. And at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. When the pillar of cloud moved or the pillar of fire moved, they moved. And when the pillar of cloud stopped or the pillar of fire stopped, they stopped. They were totally directed by the Lord's paths and his ways. And that's the way it should be for us as well. You know, stepping out in faith doesn't sound hard, but it really is because we have to come out of our comfort zones and we have to do those things. We have to face our fears. We have to face our anxieties and we have to make those decisions to follow the Lord. And when we do that, God directs our steps. So we've seen so far, number one, that God counts knows and counts our steps. Number two, God directs our steps. And third, God wants to, us to walk in his steps. Did you ever think that Jesus has very big shoes to fill? Or as it were, sandals to fill? It's always funny when, when little kids go to their mom or dad's closet and they pull out the shoes, right? And the, and the little girl pulls out her mom's high-heeled shoes and she puts her little tiny feet into her mother's shoes. They don't fit. They're so big. Or the little boy who grabs his father's loafers or his dress shoes or his tennis shoes or whatever it might be and puts his little feet into those big shoes because they want to feel grown up. They want to be like mom. They want to be like dad. Well, we want to be like Jesus. We want to walk in his steps. And he's made it possible for us to do it. He wouldn't tell us in scripture that we can do it if we didn't have the ability to do it. And there's a beautiful verse in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6 that says this. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. That's the goal, to walk like Jesus walked, to do what Jesus did, to speak what Jesus spoke. That is the goal for every Christian. And how do we know what Jesus did? How do we know the steps that he took? Well, we find them in the Gospel of Matthew. We find it also in the Gospel of Mark, in the Gospel of Luke, in the Gospel of John. We see the steps that Jesus took, and we want to walk in those steps. 
There's pictures. You can go on the internet if you put in the steps of Christ and it'll show a picture of Jesus walking and it shows the footprints that he's putting as he's walking and then we're walking right there with him and we're putting our foot in our feet in his footprints and we're following that. That's what he wants us to do because we're living in perilous times, difficult times. We need to follow Jesus. And when Jesus called his disciples, whether it was Peter or Andrew or James or John or Levi, who was also known as Matthew, he called them with two words, follow me. He didn't ask them to follow a religion or to follow a new way of thinking or a new philosophy. No. He said, follow me. Follow me as a person. Jesus Christ is our Lord. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's our King. He's our Master. And He wants us to walk in His steps. When Peter walked on the water, it was an amazing thing because Jesus was walking on the water. Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come to you or tell me to come to you. And so Jesus said, come. And so Peter was walking on the water and doing so well that he was doing great until he started looking at the wind and he started looking at the waves and he started seeing all the trouble and then he started to sink and he cried out one of the shortest prayers in the Bible, Lord, save me! And the Lord saved him, brought him into the boat, got them safely to their destination. And I believe that Peter never forgot that lesson. Never forgot that lesson that if I'm going to walk in the steps of Jesus, I have to trust in him and do it his way. And that's exactly what we need to do as well. You know, when a child is learning to walk, sometimes they get a little wobbly. First thing they do, of course, is they start crawling. And then after the crawling stage, they start lifting themselves up and they start trying to stand up. And then the next stage is they start trying to walk. And in that early process of learning how to walk, they fall. They fall and they get back up. And they walk some, and they try to take some steps. And they take a few steps and they fall down again. But eventually they learn to walk. And they learn to take the right steps and they learn to, and then it becomes second nature to them. And that's the way it was with the early Christians. Peter had the heart of a pastor. He was a pastor and an evangelist and an apostle. And he loved the people of God. And he wrote to them two letters, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And in 1 Peter 2, 21 to 23, it says this, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Peter realized that he had to, as a young Christian, learn how to walk. And he wanted to teach the other new Christians that he won to the Lord and others that he shepherded and mentored and discipled 
how they should walk. And we thank God for the young Christians we have in our church. The ones that have recently got saved, like Chris Thatch and Sophie as well, she got saved. And it's kind of a hard time right now because we, we can't meet together physically at church for these new believers. And that's why it's important for the others to come alongside them, call them up or communicate with them and encourage them because they need to grow. It's growth process and we need to follow in the steps of Christ. When you follow in Christ's steps, it will never be a popular way, but it will be God's way. It will be a blessing. It will never be something that the world will, will pat you on the back for and say, oh, great, you're a Christian. No, they don't like Christians. And when Jesus called people to be disciples, it wasn't an easy life that he called them to. He lived outdoors. He slept outdoors. He rose in the morning very early before daybreak and prayed to the Father. He preached, he healed, and he taught, and he walked many miles every single day. And he kept up that pace, not for 30 days, not for 60 days, not for 90 days, but for three years of earthly ministry. He walked the walk. He walked the walk. I found a beautiful hymn. I'd never heard of it before, but it's entitled, The Footsteps of Jesus. And it says this, Sweetly, Lord, we heard thee calling. Come, follow me. And we see where thy footprints falling lead us to thee. Though they lead o'er the cold, dark mountains, seeking his sheep, or along Siloam's fountains, helping the weak. If they lead through the temple holy, preaching the word, or in homes of the poor and lowly, serving the Lord. Then at last, when on high he sees us, our journey done, we will rest where the steps of Jesus and at his throne. And the refrain says, Footprints of Jesus that made the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus wherever they go. May the Lord encourage us today to remember that God knows and counts our steps. And whether we count our steps physically that we take, which is a good form of exercise, God counts our steps and he knows our steps and he wants us to walk firmly in him. Not to be wobbly in our walk, not to be inconsistent, but to grow to maturity and be like Christ. And he wants to order and direct our steps if we let him. And every day we should pray, Lord, show me what you want me to do today. Direct my steps, direct my plans, direct my thoughts in your ways. His ways are always perfect, and he wants to do that for us. And finally, God wants us to walk in his steps. Jesus left us an example to follow in his steps. Even Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. May the Lord help us. They are big shoes to fill, but we can do it with his help. May the Lord encourage us to walk in his steps and be thankful, and to be blessed. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? 
Our blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the Word of God that encourages us to walk in the steps of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the times in my life that you have directed my steps and directed my paths at just the right time and just the right way. And I thank you that you've done it for all of us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be patient and wait upon you. Help us to know that no matter how many steps left we have in this life, help us to use them. Help us to use every day, every hour, every minute. Help us to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Help us to be real. Help us to be sensitive. Help us to be transparent. Help us to be godly Christians and to walk in your ways, Lord. And so we pray that you'll be with each one of the saints today. Give them a wonderful day, Lord, until we can gather together again. And we look forward to hearing from Idel and Sylvia on Monday and Wednesday, and may it be a blessing as well. And so we thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.